What's up, goons? Just checking in before this episode. I kind of went back and forth on if I wanted to release it or not. Uh, I mean, it's holiday season. I wasn't sure if people want to hear this story or whatever. So I wasn't sure. But anyways, I'm, I'm just releasing it. Whatever. I recorded it. Uh, I recorded this a couple weeks ago. It was after my father passed and um, just some stuff I guess I needed to get off my chest. Uh, I understand if you're not in the mood to hear it, but uh, here it is. Yes, that is My My Hey Hey by Neil Young off of Rust Never Sleeps on your favorite classic rock station, Jim Scampoli. Hey, everybody. Um, <clears throat> hey, it's a, it's a downer song, and Jim by himself must be a sad story afoot. And you are correct. Hold on, let me check my levels here. That's the thing you do when you're an audio engineer like myself. Um, yeah, so. Uh, you know, let's start with a question. How was your Thanksgiving? It's a very innocuous, standard normal question to ask uh nothing wrong with that but um i mean mine was not not the best this year um the problem with that it's that it's uh when people ask that question you know you're just you're just asking the question so how how was your day you know oh how you been how's your week no one wants like I mean, who am I? I'm fucking. I feel like I'm at a slam poetry or an open mic. Like, let me tell you a little something about the world, or like bad stand up. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, no, people just want. It's just a basic question. We all know. We all understand societal norms. Uh, you know, constructs. So you know. I've been dreading that question all week because it's like, I don't want to, I mean, I'm not going to lie to someone. Well, you know, no, I am going to lie to someone, but I don't, I'm not going to dump something in their lap because that's not really what they're asking. 
you know, they don't want to legit know. I mean, it was fine. I say, oh, it's fine. You know, hey, how was yours? What have you been up to? But um, <clears throat> on uh, uh, Thanksgiving evening, uh, my father passed away. And I mean, he hasn't been doing the best, you know, for a long time. I mean, if you if you've heard the episode where I discuss my mom and everything that happened there, uh, he was in and out of the hospital at that point. That was about a year and a half ago. And, you know, it's kind of true what they say, like. When people have been together for so long and then one of them passes, usually, you know, the other one doesn't last much longer. He, he wasn't always in the best shape. I mean, if you if you listen to my show, Jim and them, I was the podcast, it's a comedy show. I'm sure you've heard it. <laughs> this is on the feed. Um, You know, there was a whole ordeal with that between. He was uh, in the hospital. I mean, he was in the hospital initially when everything went down and then he got out, but he probably shouldn't have been. And then he was back and then he has, he has issues with his lungs and add into that just drinking and smoking. And he's had asthma since, you know, he was a kid or, you know, as far back as I can remember. Uh, but, you know, it, it was never fully deterred him from smoking and stuff like that. But you combine that, you know, there was a long uh, journey of just kind of getting to be almost baseline okay after that, just between, I guess, alcohol withdrawals and what that already means for your body and stuff like that. There's a lot of confusion uh, on where he was, who he was, uh, time frames, stuff like that. But then, you know, after a couple, um, couple months or by the end of that summer, you know, he was you know, fairly fine. Um, I mean, much better than he was, but kind of throw into that uh, just extra kind of sadness and depression because of what happened to my, to my mom. And basically it happened at his place and that's where they lived together. And, you know, the constant reminder of that and yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, they moved out here because my brother and I were out here. Uh, and so it's like, <clears throat> I don't know, when you're older anyways, it's not like you have a lot of buds you hang out with all the time. You know, when you're in your 60s, unless you're in like a country club or whatever the fuck down in Florida, a retirement home, whatever. But I mean... Most people, when, you know, you're older, it's like your kids and your family. And, I mean, we're still there, but outside of that. So, anyways, you know, after he did get back, uh, I think there's definitely, you know, just standard sadness and depression. Um, and then kind of back to the booze and the smoking and stuff like that. And it's not a great, great mix. <clears throat> Um, so it, it's hard to be like, you know, it's not a surprise per se, but I guess it is, you know, I think even, I mean, I haven't fully experienced like someone going through hospice cancer and stuff like that, but you know, I guess there's still always that 
when you know someone's going to go, but you know, if, if it's, even if it's prolonged, there still is that day when something happens and it's doesn't really detract from it. But, you know, uh, if you followed Jim and them or we hit and run, there's always been a long kind of uh, complicated, I'll say, history and relationship between my brother and myself and our parents. And eh, I don't know. It's it's hard to because I don't want to I'm not like I don't want to come out and try to like defend because, you know, there's a certain side that you, the listener, or even my friends, um, were exposed to and the stories and stuff like that. But then there's the other side. And then there's just the fact that they're your parents. So, you know, it's, even though I, I have tales of, you know, getting into a fight and throwing my dad down some stairs you know, it was like a decade ago. It's not like I threw him down the stairs now. Uh, but even though I have those stories, it's, you know, it's not like, not to say, you know, everyone's got their own complicated relationship with their parents. I'm not trying to, if if someone out there does like cut their parent out of their life because of abuse and because of whatever they dealt with growing up and when their parent dies, they're not sad about it. That's completely fine. I'm just saying that I don't know. I I can't really gauge an outsider's perspective on our relationship and how they f- would think I should feel about it. Because, again, because the stories you hear, you've heard them yelling in the background of shows and stuff like that. I mean, I have a... I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm fucking weird, too, because I'm even thinking of some of these like bad stories, but I got a twinkle in my eye and a grin on my face. (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, like I said, the toss down the stairs, the, um, there was a Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve, maybe late Christmas Eve, early Christmas morning where, you know, my brother and my mother and myself (laughs) had to like physically grab them and throw them out the door. Get him out of the house because, you know, shit's unbearable. And here in Vegas, uh, the the breakers are outside. So much like a Michael Myers movie, uh, all, all of a sudden the power's off and the breaker's outside. Who's But he's outside. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Outside of that, there's there's a lot of uh, him in in us, you know, my brother, myself, the good and the bad. I mean, as you know, you have you, the listener, you have family out there, so you take the good with the bad. But I mean, I guess the uh, I don't know. It's it's it's. it's similar but different to what I went through with my mother where, you know, I, just this weird thing where I went to see him 
earlier in the week on Tuesday. And I mean, he's basically, he's been in the hospital since either late September, early October. Um, I actually could probably pull up the exact date. Not that anyone's keep keeping score out there, but in case you are keeping score. Um, hold on. I'm sorry. Apologies. One second. Maybe I can't pull it up. Oh, no. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, it was October 9th. Uh, I know that because I went to see the Matrix 4DX. It was the same day. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, he's been living, I mean, my brother, uh, lives with him or did live with him. They, they, he has a condo here in Vegas and he's been at home and, you know, it hasn't been a great situation. He has, he had oxygen tanks and, you know, like, a the tubes, whatever you call them, the ones in your nose. I just know from the movies, he's got oxygen tanks to help him to breathe. Uh, and he, like, even when I, I, I was going there at least once a week uh, to help Kevin with the kids, giving them a ride back, uh, ride back home or picking them up and dropping them off and stuff for him and just kind of checking in. And good, there's some good days, some bad days, you know. And it's you could tell it was hard for him to kind of move and get around. But, I mean, he'd still, I don't know, he'd still, he, I'd give him a ride to the grocery store, but he'd still be getting booze and maybe a pack of cigarettes. And I don't know. I guess there was just a big element of, uh, you know, giving up. I mean, I guess you could argue that was earlier. I mean, it's given up a long time ago. Who knows? Or people, I don't know, maybe people in the back of their head still think that they're invincible. Or at the end of the day, it's just, it's hard to change. Um, I mean, there was even to the point, well, this is somewhat related, but not really. Uh, it was even to the point where I showed up one time to pick up the kids to bring them home after the weekend they were with Kevin and um, Kevin and my father are having this big like shouting match but not even like <laughs> they're shouting they were arguing about Trump they were <laughs> they're arguing about like Trump and healthcare, and I don't even like I was just like wh why are you guys even arguing about this? like who, who fucking cares I mean especially um, my dad well my dad was arguing against Trump it was it was the opposite of what you expect. It was the boomer and the millennial, but the boomer was the boomer was anti-Trump, uh, and the boomer was all about uh, like free healthcare and you know uh, getting getting this this orange Cheeto out of the fucking White House. And then, you know, Kevin was arguing for Trump. Now, I guess, to be fair, it doesn't take Dr. Melfi, a great psychiatrist from The Sopranos, or some other real version of a great psychiatrist, someone who's alive and known, uh, to be like, yeah, that argument's probably not just about Trump. And if the other person was arguing for Trump then like if the roles reversed it was if it was supposed to be how it was if it was the boomer for Trump and the millennial against Trump that's exactly what it had been it just would have been 
opposite sides. And I, I can't say that in a judgy way as far as for my brother because I've been in his position too where uh, my dad especially, he really knows how to push buttons and you don't want to let it go because it's like, are you serious? I'm not going to fucking let this go. Uh, we're going to fucking keep arguing about this because he's also classic. Like, <laughs> you know, you're the child, but... You know, you're gonna if you even try to do the thing like go in the other room or something, you're gonna hear from the from downstairs or across the way you can hear it. And that's what I thought. And it's like, ah, you motherfucker. <clears throat> or I mean a classic would be when he would just blast music in the middle of the night, like a teenager. Again, I guess it's like the boomer reversal or, or maybe just latching on to maybe that's what boomers are like when they were young. But you know, many a times when we lived together, uh, and you know, he was drunk or something and either we were fighting or something happened, it would just be the middle of the night. You'd start hearing some old school MC five cranking on the, on your own speakers (laughs) that, (laughs) <laughs> on your own home entertainment center that you set up downstairs using your own weapons against you uh and you have to be like if, uh, number one i'm f- i gotta fucking sleep turn this off number two someone's gonna call the police uh <laughs> it's two in the morning i mean i again i guess i'm telling these stories and i'm chuckling and get a glint in my eye but i'm sure they sound uh horrific and awful uh, but I don't know. I, I, in the moment, sure. I, I guess I'm not looking at it quite that way, but anyways, so it hasn't been the best. Uh, and he was the, one of the biggest issues is leading up to this October 6th, like I guess through either mid August or early August and through September, he was in and out of the emergency room and, um, he wouldn't stay. That was the problem. He'd go into the emergency room because he's having trouble breathing. They would uh, advise him to check in or whatever, uh, and he wouldn't do it. Now, again, I don't know if that comes down to being afraid. Um, I don't know if it is just because he, I guess, you know, didn't see much in the future or you know part of it just was like at this point it's you know he's an alcoholic he's addicted to smoking and obviously you're not going to get that like and so you know he'd be there either overnight or maybe even just for a few hours they give him some stuff uh some inhalers or what have you and he'd check himself out and i kept tell i would tell him Anytime I check in with them or talk to them about it, I'd be like, you got to just let them get you better. Uh, What are you doing? And, you know, finally when I brought him in, they, uh, they, they took him to, you know, through the ER and they checked him in overnight and, You know, he was there for a few days, but then I think it got to the point where his withdrawals, like, 
I don't know. Your body becomes a certain way, like when it's so used to something. And sometimes there is just no, I guess, past the point of no return. Because um, I, similar to what happened last time, when you start going through withdrawals like this, it like, I guess it messes with your ammonia levels or something. And that kind of messes with your brain and you get confused. Uh, then they got to put you on meds for that, for your body withdrawals. And then on top of that, he's got a respirator, you know, like a tube down his throat. So they got to sedate him because between everything that's going on. And then that turned into like a week of that. And then it got a little bit past that. And then they called me and they were just saying like, oh, they, okay, no, they took the tube out and it seemed I guess kind of okay and I did talk to him well after that but yeah he was kind of confused and I thought it was just very similar to what happened uh last time but then I guess he got a little worse and they told me that like they can't just you can't leave a respirator tube in indefinitely um so they had to do something else they had to recommend a trach and a feeding tube um, and so that's what they did. And I guess, you know, that was the thing for, for like a week, week and a half or something like that. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know this shit. Like when I went to see him, they had to have like stuff on his hands. Cause he's like trying to take the tubes out and, I don't know if he was confused or if he just didn't want to live that way or what, but I just would try to tell him like, you just got to let them, you know, try to get you better. I I mean, this is, this is, they're trying to take care of you. I don't know. I, but, and I get, I mean, and these, these fucking hospitals, cause then, you know, after they do that, then like a week and a half later, they're like, all right, well, we got to send them somewhere else. Cause it's kind of this whole thing. Of like, we need a bed. We need this bed and we don't really give a fuck. So we got to send them somewhere else just because. And then, yeah, so he was at a different place. Uh, and I went to see him there, but they kept him under sedation. He was under propofol, which I just know as the Michael Jackson drug, uh, heavy sedation. And, you know, the nurses are telling me that he's like kicking and punching him there. So, I mean, I guess it was just kind of like, he didn't, I guess he didn't, he didn't want it. Whatever it was, he didn't want that. And I went to see him and they had him in isolation because there was like, I don't know if it was pneumonia or MRSA or something or other. And that was when I saw him on Tuesday, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And he was out and, you know, I just sat with him for a bit. Um, and it's just awkward. Like, I get these like doctors and nurses and I understand they're just it's their job that they're, they're working at their job. I don't expect them to be like a doctor on TV or something all the time, but I don't know. Also there's, it's like, 
you also don't ex- like you don't expect like a retail person to give a shit about you, but you also don't expect them to be like cursing right next to you or just like laughing. And you know that's stuff that happens. Um. So yeah, when I went to see him on Tuesday, and then like a guy comes in, and I feel like he's like putting on a show because I'm there because he's just like talking to my dad and holding his hands while he's like under, um, anesthesia or sedated or whatever. And he's asking me some questions about, you know, if he's been like this before and confusion and stuff like that. And they're just trying to like wean him off the anesthesia and get him through the withdrawals, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. It, it didn't, I don't know. Obviously I'm a lay person. I don't, I'm not a doctor, but it, it didn't feel it. I don't know. It felt like a show. I maybe I'm a dick for saying that, but it, it felt weird. And so, you know, I was there for a little bit and I spoke to the nurse and I got some information. I was planning on giving them a call. I mean, I guess like today, actually, because I knew figuring with the holiday and whatnot that, <clears throat> you know, people like the main people weren't going to be around. And then I got a call on Thursday, Thursday morning, as I was kind of uh, prepping stuff for dinner. And they were just saying, you know, things weren't good. And now, like, all of a sudden, it's just kind of like, well, what do you want us to do here? Because quality of life and all, like, do you want us to uh, give CPR and stuff like that? And I'm just like, I like, I don't know. This is out of nowhere, I feel. Uh, and, I mean, I guess to be fair, I'd only sp- spoken to caseworkers there at the time uh initially when he was at this new place but i did speak to a nurse at least a few nights before and i get these things can happen like they obviously they can happen abruptly like that but it was just a lot in my lap and just initially i'm just like well yeah of course um and i talked to kevin a little bit about it and I guess we, I don't know. It just started being like, well, I guess, I don't know, maybe not. But it didn't even really fully come to that anyways because, like, by the time I was talking to him and uh, stuff like that, things had gotten even, like, a little bit worse and they actually had to send him over to an emergency room at another hospital nearby. And then that doctor's talk calling me and you know it's just things are getting worse it's like organ failure and you know infection and so like even in the span of like when i got that initial news like because i get when i got the call from the emergency room and in the span of like okay i'm gonna get in my car then and i guess i gotta i gotta go down there and on the way there, then it was just, you know, even worse news. So it was just kind of the point of like, they were just telling me like his, his heart could stop at any second. Um, and by that point, I mean, from speaking to Kevin and just kind of thinking over the situation, it was like if it was getting to that point, I mean, I, I don't know what else they could do. I mean, they're even telling me, they're like, well, because well, once I get there, um they I guess when he was at the the second place that the hospital sent him to 
he has ulcers from drinking and that morning he was coughing up blood and I guess something to do with an ulcer and an infection that apparently they didn't catch because he's been under. And they're like, well, yeah, normally you'd catch this earlier because someone comes in and they're in pain. I mean, I don't understand this stuff enough. to. It feels like they fucked up. But, so, you know, he's in the emergency room and they're saying, yeah, I mean, surgery's not going to, they're not going to think of him. He's not going to be a viable candidate for surgery. And, I mean, we can give him CPR, but his heart could stop at any time and his organs are shutting down. Um, and I, I don't know. I, went, I, I, I just went by myself. Um... Because I asked Kevin if he wanted to go, and he didn't want to. And I, I don't blame him. I understand. I mean, he's he's has more experience in that environment than I do from studying nursing and working in hospices. But I just, I, I didn't want him to be alone. And... I don't know. I don't know if that's like melodramatic, like TV show movie of me to think that. I don't think it is. I don't know. I, but I, I didn't want him to be alone, even if he's sedated and even if, you know, he's infected and his organs are shutting down. Uh, so I went down there. We We stayed in the. We're just in the emergency room for for a bit. And then they brought him up to the ICU. And it's just bizarre because it's like I, I speak to one. I speak to the ER doctor and he tells me all this stuff. And then I tell him that, okay, yeah, then I mean, I guess for the code, if his heart stops, then, you know, I guess if you're saying there's no surgery, then, yeah, I don't, I guess we take the code away. And he's like, okay, yeah. And then we get to ICU, and then they're like, it's like you got to go through the whole fucking rigmarole again. It's like they didn't speak to anyone else or something because now he's telling me, he's like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess we could we could do dialysis, but then, I mean, his heart could just stop, and then he'll just die. And, I mean, I guess I, I do prefer them being blunt, but I don't know. And... So I'm like, well, then just, I guess, don't, if you don't think dialysis is going to help, you're telling me not to do it, then, you know. So I just went in, I sat with him, his blood pressure was dropping, they were telling me, and they were just saying the best bet is just to make him comfortable. And I don't know. Yeah, because I was talking to Kevin. Like, I mean, because they did come in at one point because they were going to start giving him morphine. And they were saying how, like, you know, he could go at any time or whatever. So, you know, I just double-checked in case he wanted to go. And he's like, I don't know, weird stuff might happen in there. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I understand. But, I mean, I just wanted to make sure. 
Um, and again, I don't, I don't mean to harp on these fucking hospital employees, but I know they're just they're at work. This is their job. They have to work on Thanksgiving. But you don't have to be right outside the fucking door of where I am fucking laughing and whatever the fuck. I it's just, I don't know. I get it, but you could move a little bit over. Like you understand? I don't feel like I'm being outrageous here. I mean, and even like just in the emergency room fucking forget about it, dude. Just a lot of like, where's the pecan pie? And it's like, I'm in a corner. Can you fucking go over to your nurse's station? Can you not check the, while you're checking the um, IVs and shit, like hug your friend and talk about uh, desserts? And yeah, when I'm in the room, because it's a long process. I was there for like six hours. Uh when I'm in the room and it's just, yeah, I'm hearing about people's nights and shit. They get the fucking TV on super loud, like the TV in the room. And I just didn't know even how to turn it off at first for a while. I would assume someone would be like, Oh, Hey, this is where the fucking remote is. Uh, but now we're listening to Trump went to, uh, Afghanistan or whatever the fuck he did. And just blaring, just fucking cranking it. Hell yeah. You thought Trump went golfing? He did not go golfing. He went to Afghanistan. He was repping our troops on Thanksgiving. It was He did it in secret. Is he going to negotiate with ISIS? <clears throat> but I finally figured that out. Um, and they asked if, you know, if I wanted a priest. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not the most religious person, but I was, I was raised Catholic. And I would just, I would think that's what he would want. And the best thing about that is they're like, oh yeah, there's no priest. <laughs> there's no priest here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I can't even help but <laughs> Like it's Thanksgiving, are you serious? Uh, <laughs> I mean, they had a chaplain. And again, I don't even really know fully. I guess a chaplain just kind of is like a Christian. Um, So I guess it's kind of the same thing, but it's just weird. I don't get why they wouldn't just be like, you know, hey, we got a chaplain here, but they're like, oh, geez, huh? bad news on that priest. Um, let me look it up. What is a chaplain? <clears throat> a member of the clergy attached to a private chapel, institution, ship, branch of the armed forces, etc. So I guess it kind of, yeah, fits the definition. It's a it kind of works at like, like an institution, like a, yeah, it says a school, hospital, prison, police department. Um. But, I mean, and so they're like, all right, we'll get the other chaplain. And again, and that takes, like, a fucking hour. Uh, and, I mean, again, I guess it's a it's a, it's a a hospital. And, you know, maybe he's got other patients to attend to. Or maybe maybe he's that good of a dude. He just walked out of his Thanksgiving dinner. I, I honestly don't know. He was a super nice guy. And, you know... I prayed for him and uh, like, I don't know. It's just, 
it's I guess it's just the thing. It's the thing people have to go through. It's it's either, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, with my mom, that was the more extreme situation. I don't know if everyone has to go through that. This was probably more of a kind of standard thing. But. You know, they. They made them comfortable and. They, you know, gave him morphine, and I stayed with him. And you know, I did. I held, I held his hand, and I just, I don't. I don't know. I, again, I don't know if it's just movies taught me this. I think it's probably just basic human whatever, but I don't know. So, people don't, I don't think someone should be alone for that. And I think he knew I was there. And I, I'm, again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know all the specifics, but, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know from medical shows, at least from TV shows, Grey's Anatomy, Scrubs or whatever, but, uh, he, I don't know, seemed like his last fuck you. Cause he, he kept fighting kind of, and you know, I don't want that to sound like it was like before his time or something, but you know, they took him off the ventilator and if I could shit on these fucking nurses again, I mean, this nurse was nice for the most part, but as they're taking him off the ventilator and I'm just trying to hold his hand and be with him, she's asking me about the funeral home and she's giving me a list of funeral homes and she keeps fucking at, and I'm like, can you fucking wait? Jesus Christ. Like, I don't know right now. Uh... Because next thing I know, like, I'm, but I'm being polite, like a fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm being polite, like a piece of shit. So as, like, I'm holding his hand, and then she gives me the list, and then I'm like, I don't know, I guess somewhere close, because, you know, I, I want to talk to his brothers and sisters, my aunts and uncles, just before anything's done here but 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 this fucking hospital doesn't have a morgue so it's like you gotta you gotta make these arrangements blah 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 uh so but i'm being polite so i got my stupid phone in one hand and my dying dad's hand in my other hand and i catch myself for a moment as i'm like what the fuck am i doing because as that's happening like she keeps like pointing out his heart rate on the monitor and it's dropping. And it's like, she had this weird smug fucking, 
Like this moment when it drops to zero, she's like, because she's like, yeah, now it's at like 35. Like, yeah, you know, because it's like, it's, yeah, it's going to be soon. And then it drops to zero and she's like, yeah, yeah, see, yeah, that's, it's, you know, it's, so that's why we need to know the funeral home. And Ryze, she's like in the middle of talking. All of a sudden he fucking, <laughs> all of a sudden he kicks back to life. All of a sudden it's like 78. It's off the charts, baby. <laughs> it went from zero. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then, you know, it would kind of go for a little bit. And then it would hit like a zero again and then it would pop back up. And then she's like, does he have a pacemaker? And I'm like, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd have to say no. I would have known about that. Um, I'm like, nah, not that I'm aware of. All of a sudden she's confused. She fucking leaves. I guess she thinks, I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess she's picking up the fucking bad vibes. And you know what? I, I feel like maybe that was my dad being like, get the fuck out of here. My son's trying to have a moment. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was just a little of that. Like he would kind of go and then pop, like it pop back up. And again, I, obviously, I, I'm not a doctor. That's probably completely normal, or you know, uh, false readings. Who the fuck knows? But the other thing, again, if I can shit on these people, is because then when like he goes, when his heart goes, and like the machine's just like fucking going crazy alarms whatever and again i've seen Grey's anatomy i've seen this this scene in tv and movies before and usually dr weber or someone with good bedside manner comes over and they turn like they don't turn the machine off but they know how to turn the fucking alarm off but no no this alarm's just fucking going everyone's still out in the hallway fucking chatting and hanging out having a fucking blast and like i finally just real like well, I mean, not to be like spiritual again or whatever, like I'm apologizing. No, fuck you. I'll say whatever I want. Um, but I swear to you, I could, you could, I could tell, I could tell, I could see the difference from when he was there and when he wasn't there. And I just knew, like, I could see it. I, I could, I, I can't describe it. But even with even with him under and with his eyes closed the whole time anyways, I could I could see a change and I knew I mean besides all well, I knew from the fucking alarm blaring in my ear, but I also knew I could I could just tell like, okay, you know, he's gone now. So like I just awkwardly like stand up and get my jacket and like walk out in the hall and I'm still hearing all the alarms blaring in the other room and I'm like, Okay, I guess um bye <laughs> i got i don't i don't understand i get it like i understand that these people work around death they work around like death and you know a, a, a sad story or a terrible someone's someone's worst day happens to them like every day and i completely understand that but also there's got to be some tact here come on people but it was just weird because in the whole like six hours leading up to it, they kept being like, they kept kind of acting like I was just going to leave or something. Like they kept kind of being like, so what, okay, you're going to be here. Oh, okay. All right. So that's why I'm, why I'm, I keep almost, uh, rationalizing it to here when I'm talking it out where I'm like, yeah, maybe it's because movies have taught me this is what you're supposed to do because they were acting like it was fucking weird that I was staying there. Except, for when he did pass 
and then I picked just a nearby place to have them sent to for now. And, and like, well, first they gave me the list and I had to make a few calls and then I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to send them here. And then I'm like, okay, so, you know, I'm going to leave. And they're like, oh, you're leaving? <laughs> now it's like, what? What? You're not going to hang out till they get here? No, I'm not. There's fucking alarms going off in the other room. It's fucking time to wake up. Time to wake up for work. Plus, you know, hey, it's it's 645. I can swing by the old uh, Walmart and Best Buy, maybe get a TV on the way home. Black Friday, baby. Or, or Thanksgiving sales, baby. Um... And yeah, I mean, that was kind of it. I, uh, you know, I, I just kind of decided, I was like, uh, it, it didn't feel weird once I knew that he was gone. I, I didn't need to be there anymore. And so I left, I went, and I, I mean, I told Kevin about it. And I started cranking some of his jams, dude. Some of the old jams he would crank at 2 a.m., and I, I actually used one on a recent Jim and Them episode, uh, MC5, Kick Out the Jams. It's like a song from the 69 or something like that. It's one of the, like the, it's one of the, like the OG punk songs. It's just a loud fucking <laughs> abrasive song. So he loved it. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm still processing it. That's why I have to make you sit and listen to me fucking talk about this shit by myself because... I don't think it's not that it's not um, not that it wouldn't be allowed or it wouldn't be it would be I guess it, I, I feel like it would be out of place if I do this on Jim and them and maybe part of me is kind of a coward because I feel like having to do this in a room full of people makes it almost worse I don't know I mean because even I didn't I I I didn't tell everyone like we we recorded a show on Black Friday and I I didn't tell anyone because I just I I needed a break from it number 1 I just kind of I didn't want to talk about it and I just I didn't want to like put it in you know dump that in someone else's lap even though like you know they're my friends not that I feel like it, they would like be mad at me or something for that but I just wanted to have the chance to just do the show and not think about it for a little while and and have some fun with my friends and you know I told them the next day and I I I I really do appreciate that time cuz it really is helpful and I guess this is too because I'm too cheap to pay a fucking therapist or something I can just <laughs> turn a stupid mic on and talk to myself for a little while because I don't know. I mean, Kevin and I are going to do a show probably. And I've been kind of actually talking to him about it. And, uh, I don't know. I felt like I was almost pushing him into it. Like, I don't know if he's quite ready or maybe, maybe it's similar to what I'm feeling about on my show. I think it's obviously different if he's sitting down with me and we're talking about it. than if he can sit down like, either by himself or with Vleeties or Ricardio or something like that. He has more of a, an audience and it's easier to kind of go through it and process it. Uh, cause obviously like, like you probably heard through this episode, we, you know, we've had complicated relationships with our parents, but 
Yeah. I mean, the other side of it, it just makes it more real. Um, so like, you know, when I just texting my friends to tell them about it made me cry because it's just becomes a real thing is similar with my, my family back home. Like I probably should have contacted them on Thursday night, but I don't know. They couldn't do anything. I'll just, they can have their Thanksgiving. I'm going to tell them in the morning. And it was, you know, again, it became more real when I had to tell my aunts and uncles and my family. But. I don't know. Like going back, I feel like I've told so many more like kind of horror stories that I don't want to leave it on that where. I've mentioned this on Jim and them in the past and it's something that like a fool, I never connected. I think, I mean, I think we connected it on the show, but like years into it when we were just talking about influences and growing up and, you know, one of the things I loved as when I was a little kid was, uh, like weird Al and Dr. Demento. And, you know, that's because of my dad. And we would stay up late and listen to it and hear parody songs and joke songs. And I would try to do, like, I'd, I would use my boombox and tape record myself hosting my own Funny Five at Nine. And, you know, there's a clear connection to what I love to do now. Hosting a, you know, hosting essentially a radio show. It, it elevated podcast, if you will. You know, like people that don't like to say horror films. Well, I don't like to say podcast. Even though it's all the rage. I say elevated. It's an elevated podcast. It's a radio show. But that was, you know, that was always a big thing for me. And, and that's kind of what got me into just comedy and just thinking about like when I was a kid like and just recently I watched um Joe versus the volcano and I specifically remember my dad taking me to see that in the theaters and it's such a weird movie I don't know if people out there have seen it I mean it's Tom Hanks Tom Hanks is a classic um and I think what came out in 90 or 89 or something like that and it's one of the first movies I remember seeing and noticing that it had like a look to it because there's this whole thing at the beginning about Joe working in a dead end job and the like the office area looks you know it's fluorescent lights and it's very dull and he's it's making him sick because he's a hypochondriac and I do remember that one of the other reasons why I remember that because it is a movie called Joe vs. the Volcano, and there's a part where they go to jump in the volcano, and in the theaters, the, the film reel, like, broke. And right as they're about to jump in the volcano, and they're like, all right, sorry, there's free passes. And it's not like we went back to go see it. So I had to wait until video <laughs> to figure out <laughs> what happened with Joe in that fucking volcano. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know... 
I, I, I don't know what we use our free passes for. But again, I mean, obviously, if, if you know anything about me, I love movies. And, you know, that was like, I remember going to the movies with my dad a lot when I was a kid. And that was always a big deal to me. I remember seeing Ghostbusters 2 in theaters. I loved it. Probably still do. Who are these haters? I remember him taking me to see Army of Darkness, which is, I'm so like proud that I went to see that in theaters. Um, and I, I just remember it too because not that I knew what Evil Dead was, but I remember my parents watching a movie where a guy is fighting his own hand. And then at the beginning, they're showing clips, and I'm like, it's the guy fighting his own hand movie. This movie about this movie about like the, the uh, castles and stuff is something to do with the guy fighting his own hand. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know these are like possession things, like whether it be movies and, you know, video games, even though my dad wasn't a gamer, like, I don't know. He always made sure we had the systems we wanted. And he was always so happy that, we were like psyched about that. That's why we have old Polaroids of us with our fucking um, what was that system? The uh, it's almost like a stupid VR headset type thing. I forget, but I mean Sega CD was a big one. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the Game Boy SP or whatever the fuck that was. I know I'm saying it all wrong. I know like Mike Steele or something or gamer guys out there are like, are you serious, bro? Are you serious not understanding what this is right now? But hey, my my dad passed away. Come fucking give me a give me a fucking give me a break here. Oh yeah, Dur. Sega VR is one of them, of course. God damn it. But also Sega CD. I was a Sega boy. You know, and a, a lot of you fucking bitches out there right now pretend you're Sega boys. You pretend you're Dreamcast fans. You were not a Dreamcast fan like I was. You were a Nintendo boy. And it shows. I don't, I don't know. Things got more complicated as I got older, obviously, um, with my parents splitting up and with just the general being a teenager and rebellious and having a chip on your shoulder. And then it was just hard to recover. But outside of some of the... <laughs> Colorful stories you may have heard me tell in the past. Uh, there is there is a lot of great memories too. No one wants to hear that shit though. No one wants to make a video about like the great time you had uh, when you went to the beach that time, or you went to Nantucket Island or whatever. No, <laughs> no one wants to animate that. And I don't know, like, I don't know what it is that was in my father to make him more of a black sheep as far as his family is concerned. Um, one of the big regrets I have is that I did, you know, not too, well, probably a while ago, I did talk to Kevin and I was like, you know what, we got to do a Scampoli show, me, you and dad, we got to sit down and record a show. But we never got a chance to do it. 
I mean, even years ago before my grandfather died, I wanted to somehow get him involved because I, I honestly never really had a, um, like much of a one-on-one discussion with my grandfather, but it is kind of like, it's kind of like the Scampoli thing in a weird way, kind of quiet at first, but you know, the gears are turning on the inside. And just don't catch, don't get us too comfortable because then it's game over. Or don't get us pissed off because then it's also game over. But I don't know. I always wondered about what made him tick because for whatever reason, I mean, not that my aunts and uncles are perfect, but I mean, there was clearly a disconnect between uh, the way he went about it and the way they did. And obviously, I mean, a lot of bad mistakes uh, go along with that. But uh, but there's a weird, I guess, pride somewhat that I don't know. He, he I don't know. I'm not trying to make it sound so noble, like <laughs> you know, a big alcoholic, <laughs> fucking uh, scrub that's like, oh, what a hero. But I don't know. I think I think you get what I mean, like. I'm just interested in what that is because maybe that's because, again, movies and TV raised me for the most part, besides my parents. Um, but, you know, the way things are now, everything has to have a prequel and an origin story. I guess I'm trying to wonder what that would be. But. You know, that... When the chaplain came up and he was asking me, like, you know, who my dad was, like, I can't, I couldn't answer that question for him because, I don't mean, like, what's his name? He wasn't, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? He was, like, you know, asking what he's like. And, you know, I gave him the generals. I gave him the generals that he's a he's a New England sports fan. He's, he's a loud and boisterous you know, uh, love to laugh, love to yell at people. Um, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't just lay it all out. I couldn't, I don't know. I guess part, part of it was the setting. It's like, what am I supposed to tell you right now, guy? You know, I know he loved us. I know he had a lot of regrets. And I don't know. That's just some. That's something to think about. I guess. I don't, I'm rambling. I apologize. I'm just working throughout my own shit here, and you know, I miss them. And I guess, once again, I love you, Dad.
Should I stay or should I go now? 